Usually some people are like, yeah, this is pretty good. I can listen for this for a while. Hi, handsome. All right. And you can also listen to me talk to my cat. <laughs> Aww. Hey, handsome. I can't. Okay, we're going to cuddle. We're going to cuddle. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so I'll have them in my arms and, uh, yeah, I'll get started. And we kind of just shoot the shit. That's usually how I roll. Hey, there we go. everyone welcome to another episode of the uncommon commander podcast where myself and other guests come on to talk about our favorite uncommon legendary creatures that you can use as commander i'm your host cole and today i'm joined by sarah how's it going hey i'm sarah samostrela i'm also known as sarah nsmtg on twitter and i just kind of tweet and talk about literally anything and everything under the sun which i mean that's what twitter's for <laughs> yeah Oh, Twitter's a whole other pool of everything. But but we're not here just about to talk about anything, although that's probably what it's going to dissolve into at some point. But uh, we're here to talk about just kind of uh, just kind of some of the cool stuff that we're looking forward to build in the future and things we're considering or just, you know, just kind of whatever uncommon legendary creature we want to talk about. Um but yeah, Sarah, start us off. There's got to be there's got to be something that's caught your eye recently that you want to be building. Oh man! Well, actually, I've recently been working on Tuya Bearclaw bears. Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm gonna I gotta bring up Tuya because you. So there was this there was this concept I had um, around when Theros Beyond Death came out, or was that Theros, or was that? Um... Oh, dang it. There was a creature... Th- no, it was Eldraine, because, um, you know, the cycle of knights came out, and uh, one of them was Sir Farron the Claw, I think it's called, if I'm remembering it right. Oh, was he the white knight? No, no, it was the green one. Or was he the... Oh, the green one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sir Farron... Um, I don't know why I can't find him right now. I'm trying to, like, scroll through Scryfall right now, trying to find him. But, um, no, he is, where the heck? Okay, here we go. Yeah, Sir Farron, oh, no, not the lion. Oh, no, I'm thinking, I'm mixing the names up. It's the lion, it's Sir Alien the Lion's Claw, which is the white one, and then Sir Farron the Hedgehammer. Um, but I was really kind of obsessed with the cycle when it came out, because I'm like, oh, cool, they're monocolor, they're uncommons, they're all, they're all human knights, that's really cool. And I thought like Sir Conrad was the best one and everyone everyone else will tell you that. Uh Sir Kara the Bold is probably like easily the second best cuz it's she's card advantage and like pinging and that seems really cool. Um and then you get to the rest of them and they're kind of like, "Oh, okay. They're they're kind of all right. I'd probably say Sir Eleanor is probably the maybe the third best one, quote unquote." Um, but the green one, Sir Farron, I was like, okay, so when he attacks, other target, like, another creature gets X till to the end of turn. And then I'm like, well, what if you could create, like, the chain of creatures that, like, this creature gets plus X, but then this creature gets plus X, but then that creature gets plus X, and then it gives them all the other creatures plus X. And I'm like, that seems really cool. And then it turns out there's only, like, maybe six of those effects. 
maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a. Uh, it's actually kind of unfortunate because unless you have proliferated, it doesn't work as well as you think it would. Well, unless yeah, unless you have to make it's... those counters stick. Well, and it's not even counters. It's it's only of like you know it only gets a pump until the end of turn based off of the statistic of a creature that started the chain. And then like, eventually you hit stuff like, um, I can't really like, I'm trying to, it was like wild something. It was from like original Ravnica or gate crash or something. And it was, it was focused around, Oh, other creatures get it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm going to go to EDH rec while we're talking about this. Cause I know, Farron was the start of it, and it sucked, and then Tuya came out, and we're like, oh, wait, maybe we can live the dream again if we add red into it, you know? And, uh... Yeah. Make it to where it's not monocolor. Like, at least, because at least if you add red, like, you do get a, a lot of these really cool, at, like, enchantments and other creatures that help keep that chain going. Um, but it's just like, oh, I, I want the dream of, okay, when these creatures attack... I can sequence the chain of their pumps till the whole board gets crazy, and then you can't block them, and they have trample, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. But, okay, I, I talked enough about w the goal, because that's what I think about Tuya, but, like, what what you said it's bears, so what's the goal there? Bears? Okay. I have tribal bears going on, or if it's got bear in the art, that's all right, too. But mostly, I'm just trying to get it to where I can pump up those bears to make it more of a threat instead of just a 2-2 two, two for 2 that we all love and hold dear. Or at least that's my case. So I don't know. Not a bad idea. And I mean, there's, there, I know a lot of people are, are, are really big fans of bears. Um, and... I think I remember there was a thing where people were really upset when grizzly bears got replaced with, like, Runeclaw bear or something at some point. Everyone's like, no. It's it's not even the fact that there's a new bear that's a problem. It's that you're replacing the original one. And I'm like, I've read this, and I'm like, that is ridiculous, people. Come on. <laughs> and then Goreclaw came out. And then Goreclaw came out, and... um. Uh, shoot, what was her name? Ayula, the fight bear. Uh, mm -hmm. and then her enchantment that allows you to discard land cards for bears. And, um, and yeah, just every once in a while, we just keep seeing more and more bears. We see exuberant wolf bear that can, like, affect a human. And there's a few creatures, there's, like, cards that love that. And then there's, like, Uvenwald Tracker that has the bear in the back of it, where the guy's like, heck yeah, I'm fighting with a bear. And you're like, I don't know how that works. We're on Innistrad. That bear should be trying to kill you. But, alright, I'll dude, go, yeah. go for it, you know? Yeah, hey, you know, more power to you. If you don't want to die by that bear, dang, okay. So, yeah, it's... But, yeah. So I think to, one to of our bear. more recent cards... Yeah. Yeah, no, she's really cool. And I know that she likes to pump up everybody else as well, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, but yeah, sorry, you were saying another cool, uh, other cool bears that were coming out? Oh, yeah. Circle of the Moon Druid. As long as it's your turn, he gets, or he turns into a bear. But he's 4 2. 
Yeah, you know what? That was pretty interesting to see because I because like, you know, if you're a D and D player seeing this card, you're like, you're like, okay, this this kind of feels like this is how it works, but like they actually managed to to keep this really cool like defensively it's a two four when it's not your turn but when it is your turn and it's time to attack you know you would want to be shape in a game like that uh or i say be shape but i mean like druids are weird i don't think i've ever played a druid before and now and then you know bears bears make it worth it bears make it worth investing in and and, and oh god now that we're talking about D D for a second here, one of my buddies did play. Um, we played a one shot, and he played a Circle of the Moon Druid, and he's like, "Okay, my combat form is an octopus," and we're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then it turns out, yeah, technically. <laughs> and then he we he, we had an airship battle, and he's like, "Okay, I attack this dude eight times." We're like, "Oh." Yeah, uh, and I'm like, I'm 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 the DM at the time, and I'm like trying to, I'm like, what are the statistics of an octopus? What is happening? It's like, oh, multi-attack can attack up to eight times. Yup, okay, sure, go for it. He just whacks a dude, just destroys him, and I'm like, okay, well, lesson learned. Gotta look out for druids, and you know what? <laughs> once those things hit, once those druids hit level 20, you're just like, oh my god, this is, we are in trouble from a player stand, like from a DM standpoint, because they literally just get infinite wild shapes for the rest, like forever. You're just like, this is ridiculous. Oh man. <laughs> right, druids are ridiculous. Holy crap, they're so good and so much fun to play, too. Especially if you love animals. Yeah, I think I think about a lot of my friends who and and my girlfriend as well, who's like absolutely loves animals, and I'm like. Yeah, you'd probably just play a druid, and they're like, why? It's like, because you have a cool animal companion, or you can summon one, or, you know, and it's like, okay, well, sometimes maybe you don't want your your beast companion to, to die, so there's some different ways we can do this, and, uh, yeah, it'd probably be a cat, is what I'm thinking, but that's not up to me, that's up to her, but, yeah, it, oh man, when when Adventure of the Forgotten Worlds came out, I was so excited because I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna get the lore stuff, but I'm gonna get like the game mechanics side side of stuff, and like that was a lot more exciting. And it's just, yeah, they I think they did a really good job on that set, so I'm I'm really happy for it. I think so too. I think a lot of okay, I think that a lot of people's complaints are very much valid, but at the same time, that's also what makes it fun. Is the whole flavor behind it, and of course some of the mechanics as well. Oh yeah, like um, like putting finally having dice rolling in a corset that wasn't silver border for the first time was like okay yeah now we can finally start throwing d sixes and d twenties around and have a good time with that and some of those effects are like really fun. Um, there was right. Oh. I think they are too. I think. It definitely adds yeah they there was there was um what was it i was playing um what's her name i was colleen reclusive painter uh and i took the the rakdos um adventure of the forgotten realms deck and kind of took key pieces out of that and i took the reckless endeavor um Car, like it's the board wipe one but it also makes treasure tokens and uh huh? 
sometimes I, <laughs> nine times out of ten, I whiff the two D12 results, like, into, like, I'm like, all right, time to blow up the board, and then I roll, like, a three and a four, and I'm like, oh, that, like, kills, like, maybe a third, and then I'm gonna make some treasure tokens, so I think I'll take, I'll make as many treasure tokens as I can, but the other, the other night, um, the, my results were nine and eight, and the eight was good enough for the board wipe, and it was just like a good chain of of spells. There was it was a really fun turn with cl that clean deck. It's I'm I'm really glad for that set coming out. It's super fun. So yeah, I'm super glad for it as well. I think it definitely adds a lot more oomph to the overall game as well, and it definitely makes having kind of a thematic deck a whole lot more fun too. Well, especially, like, especially if you're someone who maybe, like I said, I don't know the lore of D&D &D in general. Like, I recognize Baldur's Gate as, like, a place. Um, and I recognize Vecna, but I don't... And I recognize Tiamat and Bahamut and maybe, like, a handful of other stuff. But, like, when you talk about, okay, we're going to add classes to the game that represent like the the core game classes that's a really cool thing to add and um you add all these adventurers and you have these dragons that are that are trying to be reflections of like mechanics or things that they can do in the game and i don't know you like like you said it's a great addition it really changes things because like when they were trying to do like the 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 color dragon cycles it's like Okay, well, a blue dragon shoots lightning, but it can't be red. And the green dragon, I, I think the green dragon spits acid or poison. And then the black one spits acid. I can't remember. But I think for those ones, they managed to make it work in an interesting way, even though that, like, you know, you can't, um, <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't make the blue dragon do, like, red things, you know? It, it just doesn't make any sense. And the red tries to do blue things, and it's just like, really? Come on now, guys. You own D&D &D now. You can change this up. Yeah. But you know what? Like like we said, all things considering, they managed to do a pretty decent job, even though... Um, even though, like, you know, they're like, well, technically, in the color restriction says this doesn't make any sense, and it's a core set in standard. So, um, I don't know. Decent job. I really enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that came out of it, and I know, I, th I think most people in general have been pretty fond about casting like a lot of these spells from the set, and I've I've made a lot of decks because of it, and I'm still like I'm still thinking about making more decks. Uh, like I'm thinking I'm thinking about making my own um, Trellisara Moonweaver Moon Dancer deck because I think having a um, what's the bear? It's not a bear, but um, um, uh, Johnny's pride mate in the command zone is super fun, and uh, like I mentioned, Kalane already, that is super fun. Uh, Cradle of Baldur's Gate. I'm not sure what was gonna happen with that deck, but I'm thinking of running it anyway because you know, rogues, evasiveness, scrying, milling. I think there's something fun there. See, I have him in Anawan right now, and he's put in some work in that deck. 
yeah, like he's a rogue. One, great. Um, gives unblockability for two mana. It gives you the option to if you want to. And that's also really sweet. And just kind of that incremental, like you lose one life, I gain one life. You mill a card, I scry one. That seems like, I don't know, it fits a niche. It's really fun. It is. It's a whole lot of fun. That's for sure. Um. So yeah. So you're making Tuya Bear Claw Bears. Uh. What What else you got cooking up? What are you thinking? I'm thinking either Sir Conrad or Shire Shizo's caretaker. Well, <laughs> I did. There was. Yeah. There was. A, there was. I had two episodes for you know an episode each for for those guys. But like, yeah, mono black. There's a lot of power in those decks. Uh. In, in like. Sir Conrad especially, but Shirei too, of just being able to continuously return creatures. And I mean, heck, who knows? You could probably put those two cards together in one deck and uh, have a good time, you know? But yeah, Sir Conrad... Sir Conrad oh yeah, you definitely can. Sir Conrad's busted, and I think you should always... I, I encourage anyone to give it a go, because I know everyone kind of can have their own uh, spin on things. But... Um, you know, I think a good start is um, Altar of the Brood for Sir Conrad. And then you just start laughing. Like, oh, no. Okay. Or, I mean, and, it, and it's always going to be mentioned. Um, but, uh, oh, shoot. I'm forget. I, I, ah, I have all these cards and all these decks. Um, and I'm supposed to be a magic podcaster, but I can't really remember every card off the top of my head. Um, it's the... Um, the uh mind crank uh you know that's just a card that goes in there and it just does work by itself and um some people always think it's infinite but it, it it's also like meta dependent of who you sit down with and you're like well i know i'm milling myself uh for 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 triggers but like i also got a guarantee that i'm going to be hitting you guys and then eventually like eventually it works itself out but it's it's a pretty nasty two card sort of like combo piece and it's one of the reasons why Sir Conrad went from, like, oh, this card's, like, okay within Eldraine. You take him outside of Eldraine into Commander, and you're just like, oh, wow, okay, there's a lot of busted stuff going on here. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, especially if you put him in anything like Corvold. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh... <laughs> yeah. But I mean, well, we're, I mean, Corvald. I mean, I don't know. You could literally yeah, do, you could do anything, and make Corvald good, even when you're 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 doing your darndest to like keep it restricted, and be like, well, actually, because I know, um, I've talked with a few people who mentioned like, oh, I only do like Corvald food tokens. You're like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool, Bill. Like, but you know, you're still sacrificing something to do, um. Corvold stuff, and Corvold is going to do Corvold things, and eventually, like it gets out of hand. But yeah. yeah, he's. I think that kind of whole block of commanders is busted in some way, at least in the rare slot. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, though, is that, uh, like, I remember, uh, like a few years ago when I started playing Commander, that rarity was sometimes an indicator of how good a card was but 
you look at it from standard or something like that, or even limited, like some of the cards were all right. Um, I think there's a, there's a white card from the original Innistrad block that, uh, I think it's like Angel's Light or something. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was a bad mythic. Like, there's just always going to be a bad mythic, and they're never really truly an indication of its power. But then you get cards like Sir Conrad and all those and similar stuff at a lower rarity, and you're like, actually, no, wait, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just, it, and you put it in the context of Commander, and then you're like, oh, this is how crazy it can get. Okay, I get it now. You know? Yeah, well, you, and even then, in the common slot, especially here recently with Consider, the one blue mana. Yeah, that's that one's already pretty nuts on its own. I Oh, wait a minute. What, what, oh, this was um yeah, it's basically um uh what's uh shoot. What's the the what's the ability called? Uh it's the Demir one. It's uh surveil. Um it's yeah, it's just basically surveil one draw a card. And you're like man, that power creep is getting freaking out of control. And the and some of the bounce spells that were in the set uh, for Midnight Hunt was like ridiculous value for one or two mana, and you can use it on yourself or you use it on your opponent, and you're just you're getting a little bit more out of it. You're like, okay, the set isn't pushed, but it's the utility pieces that were pushed, not just like the top end of things. And it's just like holy holy crap, <laughs> just like oh god, okay, you know, I mean, it's not like Corset Twenty One where we were reprinting like. Azusa and Ugin and a whole bunch of already notably powerful cards back into standard. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of people, but I mean like okay, hold on. If I'm trying to remember night right, like Corset 21 was after Eldraine, I think. Like way after Eldraine. I uh, think so. And but then like for because of rotation all this other stuff, like Eldraine dominated so badly that for most people, those cards, like, didn't even register, except maybe Ugin, because Ugin's, Ugin's Ugin. Um, but yeah, Eldraine. Eldraine's strong. I wish the knights were better, except, I mean, Sir Conrad's fine, but I wish the other ones were, like, a little bit more spicy, you know? Yeah, a little bit more oomph into them. That's for sure. I mean, like, like yeah, it was like, okay, Sir Conrad, Sir Kara... Uh, let's not even look at the rest of those cards. They're just yeah. Um, and then you get like Torbrand, which I mean, yeah, sure he's not a knight, but oh boy. Yeah, like the the leap for like I guess if you kind of look at sort of the cycles bouncing off each other or comparing them, like you like Black was just okay, Sir Conrad and uh. Ayara, and, like, both of those are just, like, bonkers magic cards. Like, Slam Dunk, really good. Um, then you go look at Sir Farron, and then you look at Yorvo, and Yorvo's freaking crazy for, like, a three-mana, three-mana, four-four giant that just gets continuously bigger for li yeah. little, little to no investment. You're like, okay, yeah, that's good. And then Red was Sir Kara. You're like, okay, She's all right. Sir Torbran. Okay, whoa. 
Um, what is going on here, guys? <laughs> Hold on. Lightning Bolt just starts dealing you five damage, and Shock deals you four, and and I'm dead. Okay, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is fine. We're just going to fiery emancipation all this, too. Yeah, no. And, uh, oh, jeez, what else? And then, uh, kind of in a similar vein, but not quite, uh, because of how many legendary creatures were printed for for Midnight Hunt and for um, Crimson Vow. You get Rem Carlos, who allows you to have your spells deal an additional damage, and uh, your creatures, like, don't take damage if it's a, if it's an instant sorcery, and you're just like, okay, we're doing a fraction of what Torbrand does, and that's still, like, pretty big. You know? It's... These decks kind of just make themselves. Yeah, they're starting to get that way which i don't mind i don't mind because sometimes my brain just wants to turn off while trying to build something but at the same time you know it to me it doesn't feel as much of an accomplishment as it would like you know actually putting the thought process into something and putting that time into there yeah, there was something um I've like I've chatted with some people in the last few weeks. I I talked about um I talked about it over on MJ's podcast, the MTG in Quarantine podcast, and we we were talking about how some legends are so like it's too easy to put the deck together because the text basically reads, do this strategy and you will do it well. And you're like, okay, that's that's fine. That's that's reasonable. Uh, but then there's sort of this like homogenization for not not everyone obviously like that's you can't oversimplify it but you look at an EDH rec list and some people will be like okay i hit the make me a deck button and it will do roughly the same thing as what everyone's doing like it's it's too easy to do and for some people that's good and like you said sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and commit uh, but for other people, it's like, oh, well, that's too easy. I want to try and do something really cool. And like you said, you, you're you doing Tuya Bear Claw to to do bears. You know, that's a bit more, uh, like, that's a bit more unique than, like, trying to use, um, and I got a list here of some of the creatures that I was listing here, like Sir Farron, Cultivator of Blades, Exuberant Wolf Bear, and, like, Gruel Beastmaster and wild beastmaster to like chain attack tr like attack fi triggers together so you know like you said sometimes you want to do it like pretty be pretty brain dead when you pile into deck you're like all right uh it's 11 o'clock at night i just kind of want to fiddle with cards and then you you turn yeah, yeah. you turn off you do the thing you go okay cool put that deck away i'm satisfied you know yeah. Like, it did its thing. Alright, cool. We're done now. Yeah. Um, so, Sarah, how long have you been playing Magic for? I've been playing Magic since 2012. Ooh, nice. Uh, what, was the, what was the set that brought you in? Honestly, it wasn't even a set. It was a couple of fellow high schoolers who were just like, Hey, you want to play this game? Okay, cool. I'll play. Yeah, that's usually 
that's usually a good start. That was how my buddy, my buddy in high school was like, I had cards, but I didn't really know how to play and I didn't really care enough. But then like my buddy, my good buddy was like, hey, I'm playing this super cool card game called Magic the Gathering. I'm like, I have magic cards. I don't know how to play anymore. He's like, come on by. And I got demolished, you know, (laughs) but it's like, okay, you know what? This game is actually super sweet. And, you know, now here, here we are. Oh, geez. Like, if you were 2012 and I was 2011, like, for me, that's, like, 10 to 9 years of just cardboard crack. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, especially in college. Oh, boy. You're like, oh, Gotta I... have something to get through those years. Oh, jeez, yeah. I mean, like, I only went to school for two years, and it was, like, I I found some people who were playing Magic there, and they're like, whoa, what kind of cards do you play? And I'm like, I've spent, like, I'm, I'm to me, like, like, it's, it's actually kind of funny when you, since we're online and on Twitter, like, we get to see a lot of people's investments or, or you know, or just, like, a super sick proxying. But, like, for some people who've, who've made immense monetary investments, like, we're, to us, we're like, wow, oh my god, that's crazy. You've spent how much money on your decks or on their one deck? And, like, you know, one guy, um, the Hermit Gerard, he's like, yeah, I spent, like, 15000 dollars on this one deck and i'm like why and he's like these three cards i'm like understood excellent you know uh like og duels and and um uh the i forget what the cards are called like some of the dual lands from or not the dual lands like the special alternate lands from zendikar and all that other stuff so it was like okay well i understand why those things are really expensive now but then to the guys at the school they're like how much, how much money have you spent? Wow, your decks are so crazy. I'm like, I have spent a lot of money on my commander decks. Do not ask me how much. It will make me cry. Just like, um, I don't want to make my bank account cry today. Let's not do that. Like, don't get me, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's been a few times I've, I've made some, uh, impulsive purchases that has been like, well, now I only have, like, fifty dollars for the next few weeks until my paycheck comes in and like i wasn't in like completely financial dire straits um but for some people it was like that's pretty that's pretty bad and then i met people who like are are straight broke from buying the new set of magic they're like i'm buying three booster boxes and everyone's like maybe you shouldn't do that but yeah Cardboard crack, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a problem. Yeah, it's a heck of a drug, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. It it makes it worse because I play two games. Oh right, because yeah. you play you play Flesh and Blood now. Yep, been playing that for a little bit, and that's actually pretty fun too. But you know, it can't replace Magic for me. It's I I remember. <laughs> Cause, cause like whenever something controversial or big happens in magic and the new hot thing comes out and everyone's like, Oh, time to jump ship finally. And I'm like, no, you're not. You, you could tell, you could, (laughs) you could tell me, Oh yeah. You know, I'm giving up magic. Don't bullshit me. I know you're lying. (laughs) Yeah. Like we know you're going to go back to it as soon as like the newest secret layer comes out or whatever. Oh God. Yeah. It's just like new secret layer and everyone's like this is magic jumping the shark and i'm like dude if like 
technically speaking, magic is now jumping the shark like every month, and like either you become desensitized to it or you care. Like I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, I've said some of my pieces for, um, for secret layers, and like I don't know. I was kind of a little upset about the uh, the Walking Dead one, but I got over that pretty quick. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean. I did eventually get Negan and Lucille because I cosplay too every now and then, and I just happen to cosplay Negan a lot more. Oh, so then like, like yeah, hey, that's... you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah, but I waited until I want to say about a month ago or so to get both of those singles. How long? How long did you? How long did it take you? And where did you get it from? Because like, was that? Did you get it at your LGS? Or did you have to order it in? Oh no, I ordered it. <laughs> there was no way my LGS had it. Yeah, yeah. This is something that I've had to do. I mean, granted, some people here have seen me tweet about it. I've been waiting for an order for cards since I want to say the fourteenth of. I want to say the 14th of November, um, I ordered it through Card Kingdom, and, you know, I'm Canadian. I was just across the border, up above Seattle in uh, in British Columbia, and uh, I was like, hey, like, this order should totally show up, no problem, right? And I ordered, um, I ordered some stuff for a Runo, uh-oh, I'm about to talk about non-uncommon legendary creatures. <laughs> I was I was getting a copy of Ooh, Ru- if we haven't already as we hadn't like talked about like a hundred other ones, uh. But I bought the black and white artwork of Runo Stromkirk and um Karth Karthus because I'm like oh I got to make that super sick like sea creatures deck. Um and then uh, I bought let's see here I bought I bought the white spirits from the. Azoria Spirit deck, and then I bought the Red Vampires from uh, the Vampire deck, and then I I topped it off with a um, the alt art for Audric uh, Bloodcursed, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make that Audric deck, and I'm gonna make that Runo Stromkirk deck, and it's gonna be super fun, and I'll get that in probably like two weeks, and then the storm hit the Pacific coast, and everything went shit. It was like, and now it is three weeks coming up, and I am sad. Oh, I would be too. Holy cow, no. Um, there was there was an update for the order. Um, let's see here. There was an update last this last Thursday, which was uh, December the second, and uh, yeah, still waiting. No. So yeah, that's oh well, that's 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 what the price you pay if you're trying to cheat the system. I probably could have waited at my LGS for some of the stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, it didn't work out. Oh well, I'll get those eventually, whenever they come back from the war. <laughs> whenever old Sonny Boy comes back from the war. Oh no. Oh well. I'll I'll live. In the meantime, um, I made. Speaking of other decks that I've made, um, I know Alex Kessler, um, from 
the Masters of Modern podcast was like, hey, I'm making this really cool, um, what was it? He's making, um, Vega the Watcher from, uh, Call Time. And then he's like, I'm gonna make a deck out of Uncommons and Commons, and it's Artisan Commander. And, uh, I was like, that sounds kind of sweet, and also sounds kind of affordable. And people were like, well, yeah, but then you get, like, oh, I don't know, um, Rhystic Study, uh, Ghostly Prison, uh, I mean, that's, like, the Ghostly Prison, like, whatever, that's kind of affordable. That got reprinted recently. Um, yeah, that's... That's not you get, you get um, Sensei's Divining Top, which I think is an uncommon. I'm pretty sure that's an uncommon. And it's just like, oh, wait, some of these cards when they were printed like a decade ago or more were actually at an uncommon rarity and they're busted, you know? Um, oh, yeah. No, I have Sensei's in Niv-Mizzen. Yeah, it's uncommon and oh boy. It's, and it's, you know, so anyway, so the, he makes this like uncommon and common, um like only and if it's ever been printed at those rarities on i think it was like mtgo um or something like that like it was legal to play so i made a uh 50 well it was came around like 40 dollars uh a killian ink duelist deck that was kind of focused around that and it was just um it's combat it's um uh voltron and it did all right i played it in a i played it in a game uh, a couple weeks ago against decks that just i was like i'll just do the commons on commons what could possibly go wrong my friends were like well the limit was just 50 dollars, but you could have played whatever and i'm like no no it's okay i'll play this this strictly worst deck what could possibly happen i got slapped it was horrible (laughs) but it was good (laughs) It was a good time though, so it was it was all in good fun though. But I'm definitely keeping that one tucked away, uh, if I ever get the chance to play artisan or something. But yeah, so art I don't know. Uh, artisan EDH seems super fun if you like, you know, pick and choose a few cards, and it also gives like this really cool focus for uncommon legends. And I was like, hot dang, that seems super sweet. I want in on it because then I could talk about it on the podcast. And then it's just like, hey, there you go, more content. Yeah, exactly. But like, someone pointed out, like, someone, w- one of the things someone was like, "How are you ever? G- are you gonna run out of content?" And I'm like, I don't know. How many uncommon legends are there? And they're like, we, I think it's like 160 something, or, uh, I think that's like 172 at the moment, and we got uh, how did you say it? We got four four or five big sets coming out and there's um uh commander legend commander legends battle for baldur's gate uh we're going back to kamigawa we're going to like film noir crime city that seems super fun i can't wait for that set uh new capenna that seems great that's going to be a good one. I think also Brothers War is going to be really good too. Brothers War, I'd have a feeling like I'm I'm feeling like they might kind of bring back something that's kind of busted back in that set because those two brothers were freaking insane and considering that we're talking about like literally a multi-plane war that occurred over like thousands of years, I kind of know a bit about the lore about it, but I just know like it's absolute insanity what those two brothers did and it's just like oh man okay let's see what happens 
like, okay, yes, we're going to just kind of wait, see what they print. Because Lord knows that power creep's only going to get even Yeah, it's, it, it is going to get yeah. it, bigger, worse. I mean, probably we're going to see a card get replaced within the next few months. At least we got, like, okay, hold on. So Crimson Vow was at the beginning of November, like mid-November. So we're going to have, like um like two and a half like three months before we get to see um uh kamigawa stuff and like you know what this is kind of the lull period we can enjoy the new year we can make some new decks we could just hang out and enjoy uh basically enjoy the last year's worth of product and process like definitely process what the heck has happened because like yeah okay i'm a little fatigued of of new sets like every month or two it gets it gets a little exhausting yeah the product fatigue is definitely very real uh, that's part of why i went to fab for a little bit yeah oh yeah i could imagine you're like well this is just brand new there's nothing to compete with it it's just you know it's its own thing mm-hmm. um so yeah, um, I think I've chatted enough on my end. Uh, uh, what is you know what's it like uh, playing Magic in the last year, and what are some of the things that you got really excited about? What's your new favorite sets, new favorite cards? I don't know. How about you? You chat for a bit. Oh, this is kind of tough. I'm not normally the one talking too much, but I feel like you know as the pandemic has gone on, you know, and people have started with their podcast, with doing podcasts, with doing the streams, with all that, I think it's made the kind of, I don't know, the celebrities of the game more accessible, especially with regards to the RC and the CAG. That's, yeah. It's been super fantastic. Like, I'm not part of the Discord, because, like, I have, like, a bunch of Discords to go through already, but... Having them ask questions readily and 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 being active parts of our of like the community and like uh you know everyone kind of you know likes poking the bear if they like be like oh well the keg doesn't matter and who are you and like how come you get to dictate how we play our game and then at the same time it's like yeah but these guys are like you know putting together a pretty cool experience for us and they're trying to keep. They're trying to keep the best interest of of nearly everyone in mind, even if like we feel like they misstep once or twice. Like, uh, I know the Golo span was like pretty controversial, and there are just some people that took the heat for it for no reason. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, I do admit maybe it wasn't the most like best informed ban, but uh, I got I don't have much to say about it, you know. It, it it happened, you know? That's it. That's all I could really say. I know a lot of the CAG members themselves were just like, hey, we didn't vote for this. Yeah, and, and, like, that's the thing, too, is that, unfortunately, like, they're an advisory group. They're not, you know, and uh, that, that, that comes with its own perks, but that also means, like, you know, how much weight do they actually have for their, like, how much if they put their opinion in of like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, you know, does it work out? Eh, not always. I mean, 
it's just it's just nice i think that i think for some people they're they they don't um they don't think they do much and maybe in the grand scheme of things like i wouldn't know because we're not but... part of it and we don't talk to these people but it's you know they they try to to do things for our interest and out of their own free time you know yeah, you know, like, they could be doing a whole bunch of other things, but they want to help make sure that the community itself is healthy and, you know, that everyone's being heard as much as they can. And I mean, like, and again, once... the I think the thing is people fail to realize the scale um, of, like, how big magic is. Every time Wizards say, like, it's been their best sales... Um, of magic like ever like i don't disbelieve that because a lot of people are now starting to play a lot more often and then when it comes to the issue of commander like commander players or your edh or whatever you want to call it like there are things happening way outside the scope of the internet that we don't get to see and you know what we're not going to so we should just try and like you know lay some groundwork and you know try to make it an equal experience for everyone and then what you do on your end uh, excuse me. Like what you choose to do as an individual is your business. You know that's it. After it's after they lay the groundwork, anything outside of that, it's completely out of their hands. You know. I mean, that's like enforcing the bans, because I mean, you know, the uh, that's really more along the lines of whoever you play with. Because really, if you think about it, the bannings themselves are just guidelines outside of official play. Yeah, and I mean, like, I've I've heard of people who are like, "Oh, hey, you still want to play Golos? Because like that ban fucking sucks. Like, go play Golos." Because some people, you hear people making like super jank, like monocolor Golos, or um, I think maybe there was like, I think someone talked about like an Absab. Golos, and I'm like, yeah, that seems like super sweet. Like, go for it. I don't care. Like, I don't. I don't know. I definitely do think there are some things that probably should stay banned because of how warping around the game it can become. And I like, you know, like Hole Breacher. Like that was 100 percent. Like that thing should not even have been made. Or wait, Hole Breacher, Hole Breaker, Hole Breacher. Yeah, Hole Breacher. Hole Breaker is the Leviathan dude that just came out. And if that thing gets banned, I'm gonna be big sad because I bought one <laughs> specifically oh, for the no. sea creatures deck. But that's that's not as like okay, like being able to like bounce spells on the stack and bounce things back to hand. Okay, I can understand how that could be pretty annoying. Uh it's no tide spout uh tide spout tyrant, but um nah. Hole Breacher was definitely I know it was a hot button for some people, but, like, everyone wanted, um, like, everyone wanted a whole Breacher, or, and and then they're like, it, it just, it locked people out of the game, because they're like, I want to try and accelerate a little bit, because, like, drawing one card a turn sucks. Um, but, then it's like, oh, wait, I just ramped you, like, 20 cards. Oh, <laughs> It's just it it warped oh. it it warped it warped the game around that that whole breacher owner and yeah and especially yeah it was and it, great it, sorry well it's kind of no you're good no 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 you're good 
No, I, I definitely think that. Nope. Uh, sorry. Now we're screwed up. Uh, I, I had nothing else to say. I was, I was trying to get you to say what your piece. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, uh, I think Hole Breacher was definitely starting to take hold of the format, make it a more homogenized format, which that's definitely not going to be cool amongst us commander players. But at the same time, I also think that there are still cards that need to be need to have something done, like Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, I, I admittedly, I have not encountered a Thassa's Oracle too often. I know for some people um, in like the CEDH like environment that they see it a lot, and it like that definitely becomes pretty homogenous because the game just revolves around how do I loop thoracle to uh to win the game or do this or do that right and then i don't know what it takes i don't like i don't want to play the card myself i'm not interested in it i think maybe i encountered it once and then i think it got very quickly like removed everyone's like all right i kill i exile it someone's like oh i'll counterspell you're like okay well i I attempt to exile it again everyone's like okay fine never mind it's gone i don't i can't win now and it's like Okay, good. Thoracle's dealt with. We can continue the game. <laughs> yeah. And now we can go on and we can just do our own things now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know much personally about Thoracle, although I keep hearing about it, so I could definitely understand why Like some people are pretty concerned about it. Um, and I don't really... I can't really think of any... I know there's the whole dock side thing that people, I think might be taking a little too far because i've seen some like pretty like bad uh dock sides that like really needed to like someone needed to work really hard to to loop it a couple times for it to like get actual value um but you know uh i've i've talked about this with some people where people uh, can't often assess a card uh logically but they're assessing it emotionally and when someone's like, oh, I make 20 treasures, well, that's going to elicit a response. You know, some people are going to get really emotional about it. Um, and I don't know. I think it's like an okay magic card that just makes a bunch of treasures. And it just, it's the only reason it's good is because everyone else is, tra- is playing treasures and playing uh, two mana, uh, two mana value rocks. And I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. It's just another magic card. I, I very rarely encounter it now, like nowadays. I haven't encountered it in the last year or so. So it's kind of just, it really is more on the eh side. But like with every card, you know, with the right combination, it can definitely be a powerhouse. Yeah. And uh, like, I think you just being like, I actually haven't encountered it very often. And I'm like, I've seen Dockside a few times, and it does, it can do some crazy stuff, don't get me wrong. But, like, you know, on the flip side, you're like, Thoracle sucks. And I'm like, I maybe encountered a Thoracle once or twice. I don't know what it's actually like. I, it's just hearsay, you know? So, this is another thing, too. Like, Magic, we always hear the vocal minority for a lot of issues, uh, for like card bannings or unbannings or these people in the in the CAG or these keep these people in the rules committee like so unreasonable. Um, but then it's like yeah, but 
you're the only people that have issues with this thing. I have never had any issues because of how I choose to play Commander. And then you have other people who are like so completely disconnected from pricing issues and how things are played. And it's like, they're like, I don't care. I'm actually having a great time. And we're like, cool, let's continue to have a great time over here. Yeah, no, it's... It's kind of hard to put it into words because of the play experiences being so different for everybody. Yeah, that's what it really comes down to is that, um, I'll, you know, um, I think my opinion for how I've approached Magic ever since the pandemic started has changed. And uh, the only thing it's really come down to is, you know what, I'm caring less and less about what people are playing or how they're playing it because like you know we're how we value our time is like we're going to come together and try and play magic and that's pretty much like the end goal and i don't really care how we get there anymore it's just that you know people are gonna people are gonna complain and that's just kind of how things are gonna be and we're magic players so we're gonna just keep doing it uh (laughs) and then i'll kind of just all right, what's tomorrow's controversy? We can deal with that later. Who cares? We'll just go play Commander, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, people want this card banned? Okay, cool. I don't see the point in it. But hey, you know, it. they find something odd about it. That's fine with them. I haven't encountered a problem with it, so it's not really much of a problem here. You know what? Just do us all a favor. Ban all counterspells. Or, oh, no, wait, hold on. Ban all ramp. No, wait, no, wait. <laughs> Just ban blue. Just ban white. Wait. <laughs> Just, oh, 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 wait, yeah, ban blue, ban blue. Yeah, no, no. Oh, no, wait, ban green. I don't know. Just, you know, eh. Just, just pick let's up. Let's just create a new card game. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just pick up. <laughs> uh, but, hey, we're coming up in about an hour here. Um... Sarah, how about you kind of, I don't know, what what are your goals uh, in the future in this community? What, what, are you, what are you looking forward to? Kind of hoping to start streaming by the end of the year, if not by the end of January of next year. Hopefully sooner than that, but uh, it depends on what I can do for internet for now. Fair and enough. And really, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to spread positivity and just be more active in the community and help give a voice to those who don't necessarily have a voice. No, that's good. We need more of that, honestly. Like, so I'm, I'm glad you're around. I'm glad you, I can't, it feels, it doesn't feel like that long ago that you kind of just popped up and started following a bunch of people or like, I'm like, Hey, it's Sarah. Hey, so it's good. It's, I think it's a good thing that you're kind of already get your name out there. Um, and yeah, if you're going to start streaming, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm hoping to just get that started up as soon as I can. And hopefully my work schedules end up being a little bit more consistent to be able to do that on a relatively scheduled time period. Fingers crossed. That's all we can oh, hope for. Oh, for sure. We'll see what the new sure. year br- we'll see what the new year brings. Um but hey, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on to talk about everything. And, uh, and yeah, everyone who's listened, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode.